Welcome to Interruptions Podcast, where we have stimulating conversations with our guests about their culture, faith, traditions, and life choices. We invite guests who are open and willing to share their journey and disrupt the silence on their personal and professional interruptions that have impacted their lives as it relates to their emotional wellness. Kathy and I are passionate about every episode and committed to providing you an actionable advice that you can re- that you can apply today to reinvent yourself. So today's podcast is called Falling in Love Part Two. <laughs> Kathy, hello. Hello, happy holidays. Happy holidays. How you doing? I am well. I am well. I feel like this holiday, I really got it right. Um, I'm I'm glad you got it right. We're going to, uh, we've had some technical difficulties. So to our guests, please don't forget to click on the subscribe button and enjoy part two of Falling in Love. Kathy, you want to welcome our guests to the room? I sure do. Today we are welcoming Dr. Tandy. Hi, Dr. Tandy. How are you? Hi. <laughs> I, was Real technical. My, I was fixing my makeshift desk, which oh. is actually a cardboard box. I'm That's very right. Fancy. Sometimes that works best. So, Dr. Tandy, I understand that you are an eye surgeon and a transformational coach. And uh, you are on our podcast tonight entitled Falling in Love Part Two. You are the mother of two children and a divorcee, and you were in, you are in or were in the armed forces. That is right. Yes, I am a major in the United States Army. That is awesome. Wonderful. And we get to do two of my, talk about two of my favorite things. One is sharing and the other is love. Oh, (laughs) all right. All right. Well, before we get to the love part, let me just ask you really quickly, what, um, what made you decide to be and become an eye surgeon? And then after that, if you couldn't answer, what is a transformational coach? All right. How, how long is this podcast? I know, right? I know. That's all right. We're going to make it work. We're going to make well, it work. I guess the brief answer is that it's where life took me. I first decided sometimes we make a decision and that decision ends up leading to other decisions that we have no idea about. So the first decision on September 11th, Um, 2001, I made the decision and commitment that at that time I was working for M&M Mars, the candy company. I had all the candy that I could possibly want. (laughs) And I decided on that day that I was going to change my life. And I decided that the next year I was either going to be in medical school or I was going to be working in the um, medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry. Thankfully, I was able to go to medical school. At the time, I thought I was going to be an obstetrician and gynecologist and help give birth to babies because I still think that life is one of the most miraculous and amazing things. But God had other plans for me. And 
And when I was in medical school, a couple of things happened. One, I started, my vision started deteriorating a little bit. And for the first time in my life, I needed to wear glasses. And then a second thing happened. I ended up interacting with this amazing woman who was an eye surgeon. And I just thought she was so cool. And the things that she did were so cool. And interestingly, now she's not even practicing. She's an artist. So <laughs> um, it's funny how our life takes all kinds of twists and turns. And then after I had been practicing ophthalmology for a few years, I decided that there was something else that I felt that I really needed to do. And that journey, one of the things, one of the, it was a number of things. And just to make the story short, one of the things that happened that really changed my perspective of the world is I saw the um, documentary on Netflix called I'm Not Your Guru by Tony Robbins. And I don't know, have you guys seen it? No. In the documentary, it uh, it highlights Tony Robbins' signature five-day event called Date with Destiny. And in Date with Destiny, people like literally sell their all um, to pay to come to this event. And in five days, their lives were changed. And it struck me and said, wow, because sometimes I, I in in um, five days, it's hard enough to try to convince someone to take their medicine. <laughs> but the idea that I could have an impact in a positive way on so many people in such a short period of time helped me to pursue the pathway of becoming a transformational coach. And a transformational coach is just someone that helps to coach you from a transformation to um, into a transformation from um, perhaps a, and it can be any transformation. It can be a challenge in, in a relationship. It could be making a comeback with after a divorce or career transition, just, or even a weight loss, any kind of transformation that you are trying to accomplish a transformational coach can help do that. Well, Kathy, we're going to have to follow up on that transformational you, coach. You, you know? absolutely, absolutely, Dr. Tani. When when Odell was kind of we were you know going over the the show tonight, and she mentioned eye surgeon, I was like, oh my god, that's awesome because I I recently had an issue with my eyes. Never, you know, I wear glasses, but I had a a, a real issue with one of my eyes um, where it was very serious, and I have a newfound respect for ophthalmologists and, and people in your field, just to um, not even understanding all of the titles that go along with an eye surgeon. I think the first person I saw was a neurological ophthalmologist. I said, oh my God, I just how impressive. So good, wonderful for you. That is awesome. You're doing a very, very important, important service to people that um, like me never in, imagined that we would ever go through um, serious eye conditions. So thank you for what you do. When we talked about you coming on the show, Kathy's face lit up. I said, oh, I forgot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, that was me. We are talking about love. So, yes, Dr. Tandy and I met uh, when Dr. Starworth, who has been on our show before, the Reverend Dr. Charles Starworth, correct? Um, oh, no, 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 no
What's his first name? Charlie. Charlie. Um, he had a cousin. Charlie. He has a cousin who was who is Charles. And I don't know what happened between him and Charles. <laughs> not like being called Charles. Charlie Stallworth, the Reverend Dr. Charlie Stallworth. That is so funny. Uh, he had a podcast conversation that he wanted to talk about the Black church and mental health. And Dr. Tandy was the moderator. She got to ask us questions. And I just loved her energy. And we talked, we met, we clicked. And it was a great time getting to know you. And I said, I've got to have you on the podcast. So here it is almost a year later. And here you are on the podcast. Oh my gosh, was that almost a year ago? It's yes, almost yeah. a year ago. So since then, he has been on our show. And uh, we've talked about mental health in the Black church. And all of a sudden, we're watching, I'm watching, you know, Dr. Starworth on podcast every morning at seven o'clock talking about mental health. And then I see you pop up and I'm like, hmm, okay. So he still has a working, you know, the two pieces didn't click for me. And then all of a sudden I see you in South Africa and he's with you. I said, okay, she's not just working. Something else is going on here. <laughs> So, Dr. Tandi, you are on our show. The spotlight is on you. Uh, as we've talked, you've shared that you are a divorcee and a mother of how many children? Oh, you know what? That question, every time I hear it, it breaks my heart. I, I feel oh. for, I really feel for the um, moms who have um, oh. lost a child to death. Because when I was married, I had a stepdaughter, um, and I I never called her my stepdaughter, but she was. I always consider her to be one of my children. And if you ask me how many children I had, I would say three. But okay. every time someone asks me, like it just brings back that memory because mm -hmm. um, I unfortunately mm -hmm. am not able to be in her life anymore. So I have two biological children. You know, uh, thank you. And I understand because as I've said to Kathy, when people ask me how many children do I have, and I feel that if I don't claim my son, then I'm missing, um, something's missing, you know? So I still struggle with answering that question. Mm -hmm. And I say that I'm a mother of two and my oldest daughter. Um, so I'm still not ready to let go just to say a mother of one. So I understand exactly what you mean. Exactly. <laughs> so Dr. Tandy, um, Tell us what your challenges are in terms of dating and being in a different state or other challenges. I, you know, I'm saying challenges, maybe you're good with it, you know? So are there challenges associated with that? Actually, it's funny because when I first, when we first connected my, I, at the, at the time or around that time, I had connected with this gentleman. I was in Delaware. I connected with this guy in New Jersey, which is right the next state over. And the two of us just could not. And we had great rapport on the phone. We could not get it together to meet. It was, just, it was like too complicated. So when 
my Superman, I call him Superman. When he came around, <laughs> I was like in Connecticut. I was like, no way, Jose. <laughs> but you know, this pandemic has actually been, uh, in terms of allowing us to get to know each other, it's been a blessing in disguise because he is um, like he he was he was able to do a lot of the work that he does remotely. Um, and I was also able, I was also more available. So we actually ended up getting to spend a lot of time together. And it, and it's funny because like, we're just learning things about each other, like what it's like to, to, to be with each other without a, or when, without a pandemic, not that we're without the pandemic, but just things like, like mm -hmm. now he's like watching all this Monday night football. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, you never watched all this um, football last year? And he says, oh, because there was no game. <laughs> there was no game that was playing because of the pandemic. Um, but, but yeah, actually the, the distance has not been an issue yet, but now I'm moving further away. So we're entering a whole new chapter. We're, I'm moving further away. We're coming out of the pandemic because a lot more stuff is now in person. So um, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with that. So, so Dr. Tandy, tell us you, you meet in the midst of a pandemic. So it's not like you met at dinner or at a function. <laughs> <laughs> so please tell us that people always say, that it's difficult to date after divorce. Mm -hmm. How do you find guys? You know, how do you find men? You know, they think not in the workplace, you know, they think you go to church, but no, you don't go to church to find the guy, but actually yours is in church. Um, <laughs> so how did you find Dr. Starworth? How did you two meet? Well, I love the question about how do you find a guy? You find a guy by meeting people because guys are people too and the more you get used to meeting people the more exposure to guys and girls um, you will have and people are everywhere right there's people at the gas station there's people at the grocery store there's people in church there are people at the gym Everywhere there are people, there are opportunities to meet guys or to meet other people because you never know. Like, um, you could meet someone at the gym who ends up introducing you to your guy. So there's people, and right. then of course nowadays, which is how we met, the internet is um, is a um, place where there is literally an infinite number of men and women but i would just say that in my opinion it's better to um you know they say you get what you pay for um but it's, <laughs> it's better to because if somebody hasn't invested any money in it like how much skin do they really have in the game but when somebody like that you can go anywhere from doing um, matchmaker servers where people pay thousands of dollars and you know those people tend to be more serious like if there's someone's paying ten thousand dollars to have somebody find them someone they're not they're not looking for a booty call um or you could go all the way to free and there's a lot of free 
sites and actually I we met on Bumble and for one they have this option where for a few dollars you can get um do the paid version for um one week so i just did it for one week because i because it, it tells you because people okay the well I, I, anyway i don't know if you want to know all about mumble but um <laughs> anyway in when we when i did the paid version for one week it gave me access to people who were not in my normal um radius that i normally looked at and people were able to contact me and i had gotten this very um sweet um, message uh, from a certain tall, dark, and handsome gentleman who um, I responded to. He's, he, if you ask him, he says it took, would take me forever to respond to his messages, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess good things come to those who wait, right? That's right. <laughs> and I would like to first apologize to our guests. I did not mean to always just refer to looking for someone after a marriage as always being a guy, because it could be a guy or a woman. Mm -hmm. So whoever your choice of love is. So please accept my apology that love <laughs> after divorce is open. Um, so <laughs> you met Dr. Starworth on a app. Wonderful. <laughs> and the fact that he is a reverend, a pastor, a politician, all that excited you or scared you? No, I was like, eh, <laughs> eh, <laughs> pastor, eh, no, no, no. <laughs> no offense, but some of the men of the cloth have quite the reputation. It's not always um, good or godly. And then politicians, as we know, I, was, I don't know when I think of politicians and dating, I think of Harvey Weinstein for some reason, but, um, you know, from Harvey Weinstein to um, Bill Clinton, um, some of the politicians don't have the best, or even our last former president, um, whose name I will not mention, but thank you. Um, I, they don't always have the best reputations there. So I was like, ah, 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 ah. Yeah, that was like the third strike. First strike was Connecticut, eh. Um, <laughs> and the second strike was Pastor, eh. And the third strike was a politician, eh, 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 eh. And I, think, <laughs> and I think that just goes to highlight that it's really important when you're um, dating, like challenge your assumptions and challenge your beliefs and challenge all the things that you thought that you would never do, that you would never like try it out. You don't have to, you don't have to marry um, someone uh, just because you've been on a date with them, but um, you never know. You, you never know what may happen. Well, obviously, obviously he did something right because it all of those negatives evidently got accepted. So that's really interesting. That is so funny. But I understand that you two traveled uh, last summer to South Africa. So whose trip was that and who got who invited who? Well, I have to say that it was mo one of the most romantic unromantic <laughs> gestures 
that a man could ever do for a woman in 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 my opinion so obviously we were still in the midst of the pandemic and at the time the delta virus was in um it was the, the main the main virus that was getting that was out of control and super scary and south africa was one of the main places where it was so it wasn't just that we were traveling we were like traveling into the pandemic central uh but the reason why we were traveling is because my dad was sick and in the icu and my dad had been sick before but something this time said you gotta go you've got to go and it's very scary it, it, it um it's um um like i i can't even imagine having to make that trip by myself but it was it was almost like it wasn't even a question he was just he was just there for me mm. um and you know like keep your no, I'm not gonna say keep your diamonds. I want the diamonds too. <laughs> but if I mean that was worth so much more than a diamond or anything else that he could have um, done to be there um, for me during one of the most difficult times in my life, um, and to sacrifice his um, his money, his time, his potential like health safety or risk his health just to be there and support me was just you know one of um the many reasons that highlights why he's such a wonderful man dr tondi please tell kathy the story of when he met your father <laughs> uh so and it's funny because I always wanted my dad to meet um, the, um, it was really important for my, my dad to approve of the man that um, I was with. But unfortunately, my dad was in the ICU. He was sedated. So he's basically in a medically induced coma. So he wasn't responsive. Um, he did for one on one visit to uh, um, come to a little bit, but mm -hmm. on the time, and there was all these restrictions on people not being allowed to visit, but by the grace of God, like I literally, after flying about 24 hours, was at the door of the hospital and they wouldn't let me in because of all the COVID restrictions, but by the grace of God, I was able to see him, and um, Dr. Stalbers was also able to see him, and when he went to see him, he said, in front of all the ICU nurses, I wasn't there because only one person could go in at a time. Mm -hmm. He said, okay, I'm going to ask you for your permission to marry your daughter. And if you don't say anything, <laughs> I'm going to assume that that's yes. <laughs> So obviously he couldn't say anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that is that's adorable. That that's is price, adorable. That's, 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 that's priceless. <laughs> but I really, I, I don't know. Even though they didn't get to talk, I really, it means I could even start yeah. cheering up. But I'm really glad he got to 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 meet my dad. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. So, so this is your 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 second time around. Um, what what is do you feel a difference this time versus the first time? What is the what's the difference for you? Well, I think one of the um, big differences is that um, before I was in my mid thirties and I felt like so much pressure. Like, I don't know. I feel like the, the society gives um, women who are single this stigma, like, well, you know, we're all be like, well, what's wrong with you? Like, who said? Who says something has to be wrong with you to be single? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then, of course, it was the whole like biological clock ticking. Because one of the things that I wanted more than anything in the world was to be a mom. Mm -hmm. um, and and now I don't have I don't have that because I'm over I'm over what society um, thinks and I um, am not I don't feel pressured or rushed or biological clock ticking about um, being you know giving birth or mm -hmm. having children and then also um, what did they say once bitten twice shy. Um, so now, and I think perhaps maybe I've, I've swung the other way because before I think I probably was like overly confident and it was like, oh, this doesn't matter with this. We're just going to forge straight ahead. And now I'm like, well, what about this? What about this? So I don't know. Maybe I'm on the other, the pendulum has swung to the other side. Now, uh, yeah, that does happen. <laughs> it, it does happen. How did you show up differently in this time around, second time around? We mm -hmm. always try to make sure that we don't bring the baggage from our first relationships into the second or have those same expectations of the new guy in our life that we had with our husband, which uh, we're, you know, we're society, us tells us to have a different approach, to be more open. But this time it's about you. How did you approach this relationship differently? Well, one of the things I did was that I didn't jump into a relationship immediately after we um, we got divorced. We were we were separated. So it was almost wasn't quite eighteen months, but it was almost eighteen months between the time we got um, officially separated and the time um, when I met him. And so that gave me a lot of time um, to process. I went to, had at one point I had two different therapists, which was pretty cool. Thank you, US Army. <laughs> um, I had two therapists. I had a lot of time to think. And the other thing that, um, that I like to do is I like, I'm, I'm very analytical and I take responsibility for my stuff. 
And it's so easy, especially when we're in a relationship, especially when someone's done something egregious, right? Like if somebody has had an affair, it's really easy to say, well, he did this. And one of actually the things that my my actual like real red flag, red flag runaway is if I meet a man who is divorced or when I ask about his past relationship and all he does is like talk about it. Always, all guys say, oh, my ex was crazy. <laughs> every, every other ex woman is crazy. And then when they blame the other person um, for the demise of their relationship, because that says to me that this is someone who has not owned their role in this relationship. And so I had to own um my crap <laughs> and one one of the things one of the things that i realized is that um in you know, in the bible it tells men to love their wives and it tells women to respect their husbands and it's really easy to respect somebody when they're acting respectable <laughs> but it's very challenge it can be challenging to respect someone when they're not acting respectful but the the, the bible gives us no outs and okay. and yeah. i think a lot of times and i i looked at that i studied what what does it mean to respect a man and a lot of times they think women can be disrespectful not even knowing that they're being disrespectful like i have some serious control issues um down to wanting people to take you know to, to take my route when we go somewhere right like no you got to take 95 because 95 is quicker and i learned one of the things i had to learn is how to let a man lead and be a man and, and i don't have to micromanage what um what he does and i can sit back and let him take the lead so i did a lot and that's just one example but i did a lot of um internal work before the relationship and then also during the relationship and just my whole approach was just very different um very different i like that and i, I two of the two of the things you said are very key you said um that you take ownership of your own stuff and that's important when you're trying to um be on your journey of healing right um, but you also said something um, key as well, which we love to hear people talk about is the fact that you were seeing a therapist and there's nothing wrong with that, right? You recognize that you needed support in trying to get through whatever you were trying to work through. My, my question to you would be, you mentioned that you were seeing two therapists. Is there a reason, did, you, did they have different styles or did you just... I mean, because that could happen, right? I'm going to go to the one that agrees with me. I want to. <laughs> I'm going to go to the one that says my husband is horrible, and and that everything I do is right, right? No, but is there a reason? <laughs> is there a reason why that you decided to see two, or it just happened that way? Well, there there were at the time I was. Um, doing active duty and they were both available to me and they were both wonderful in different ways. Um, one was very much a, like a very like practical, like hands-on, um, like you don't have diapers. This is the number to the diaper bank. <laughs> like kind of very, very practical. Like this is how you like survive life. Mm -hmm. And then the other one was more like, 
have you given your feelings the time and space that they deserve? <laughs> um, <laughs> Bob, I mean, I love him great. And I think that I don't, okay. I don't, I really don't understand. I really think that everybody could um, benefit from the mm -hmm. right therapist. And I'll say not every therapist is right for everybody. And mm -hmm. um, it's in, in this pandemic, it's gotten extremely hard to find um therapist but um they can be so beneficial in your healing you don't have to be crazy you just have to be a human being <laughs> with a life yes. uh, yeah, that that uh, if that's the case in, in the, any a challenge human being with a life in challenge you could benefit from um from therapy and i encourage everybody to consider whether it's a relationship therapy or um and definitely 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 premarital therapy because <laughs> <laughs> people some of the tough people end up like fighting about it's like wait you didn't talk about this when like this is the kind of basic things that people talk about in premarital mm -hmm. preparation like this is like oh you didn't talk about that you don't he wants kids but you don't want kids like this like this is this should not be a surprise at this moment in time <laughs> you didn't talk about that his expectations that you're going to cook every meal seven days a week and he's just going to sit on the couch after work and rub his belly like <laughs> these are things these are a lot of things and issues that get worked out in premarital um therapy yeah it's that that dating that whole dating is is in, interesting but you know i want i want to i want to talk about you um so you're dating the reverend dr charles stallworth <laughs> and he's the pastor of a church you go to the church tell us what happens they they meet the pastor's date <laughs> So I was terrified of uh, going to the church because we all know any church that um, has a handsome single pastor, there's always women that are um, in the pews trying to, you know, shoot their shy. Um, and I, I don't know, I was, and I'm not your typical first lady. I don't have too many hats. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just don't see myself as like typical first lady. I don't see myself as typical very much of anything <laughs> for that matter. So I was really um, nervous about um, how I would be received. And I even... And then too, also, I'm also a very private person. So I remember we actually had a fight. <laughs> we had a fight once because I had said um, if we got engaged, I would want us, I would just want a few days for it just to be between us before it we became public because I just want something just for us. But he was like, oh, you're ashamed. You don't want to. <laughs> and I was like, no, I just, I just, I don't want it to be me, you, and the church. I just want it to be me and you just for a few days before the whole world knows. Right before I, because that's a whole. Because when you get when you get married to a pastor, there's this, those two, those are two different roles, right? There's the role of wife, and there's a role of first lady, and um, those aren't the same thing. Um, so, nevertheless, I was very um, nervous, but I have to say that the women of 
East End Baptist Tabernacle Church in Bridgeport, Connecticut are so, are like, I could cry. They are so amazing. They are so loving. They are so, such, um, so some of the most wonderful people. I'll just tell you a little story. We were, I think it was the pastor, yeah, it was pastor appreciation celebration. Wow. And my daughters, my daughters are um, seven and four. And they they had a refreshment um, in the church afterwards. And, and one of the ladies made this like mini table just for them. And she set it up with toy, a toy for each of them. And it was like, just perfect. It was like a perfect Aww. little thing for two little girls. And for her to have done that for them, oh my gosh, it just like, it just touched my heart and warmed my heart so um, much. So I love that church and I'm so glad that I get to be a part of it. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. So, Dr. Tani, we always ask the question, you're busy and you're traveling and you have two children and you are an eye surgeon and, um, and you're in a relationship. But at some point, you have to um, take care of yourself. What do you do to practice self-care? You know, that is such a great question. And I am a self-care um, major advocate in my, my newest um soapboxes be lazy because <laughs> every, everybody else is saying like work harder um, better organize your time so you can get more in and i'm like no like, and actually dr stallworth has been um instrumental in like helping me like slow slow down it's okay to relax um and Part of my self-care is having times for, um, like on Saturdays, I, I observe the Sabbath and I am very yes. intentional about doing a whole lot of nothing. Um, something, and it's also about recognizing when, um, where, how I'm feeling and what I need. So like yesterday, I was, I was like, I, I can't with the world. So um, I went to bed like at eight o'clock or 8.30. Um, so getting sleep, sleep is so huge. Mm -hmm. um, I love taking a bath. That's my, that's one of my um, daily rituals. I love the spa. Um, I love getting my nails done. Um, and I and I think that like sometimes they, like self care doesn't have to be all elaborate. It doesn't have to be going to the spa in Arizona, although I do love doing that. Um, but yeah. self care can be making yourself um, your favorite cup of tea, or making time and watching your favorite silly show on TV, mm -hmm. or making time just to chat with a girlfriend who always makes you smile or makes you laugh. That's all part of self-care. And I find that as women, if we are um, not intentional about it, it's really easy for us to neglect ourselves. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Kathy, yes. uh, do what you got to do. Dr. <laughs> we one, we thank you for being on our show this this today uh apologize for the tech glitches we've got to have you back um i'm glad you are in dc you are a uh, new job new life challenges and new interruptions 
positive interruptions. Um, I know Dr. Starworth is going to watch this and go, what do you mean that's good? No, I don't want to hear in Connecticut. <laughs> no, I want to hear in Connecticut. But it's, it's, it was a, it's a pleasure meeting you and having you on our show. And we would love to have you back again. Um, and maybe we'll be introducing you as the first lady. You know, who knows? <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, I was going to say, I'm going to, because you, you are uh, very comical as well. And when we had Dr. Starworth on, I, I think I forgot the topic we were even talking about because we laughed through the entire show. And and so now hilarious. you, you as well are just, a, so I'm going to wait till I'm really depressed about something. I'm going to call one of you. And then, <laughs> and I know I'll be cheered up within three minutes of talking to you. So I look forward to when you come back to Connecticut and I hope to meet you when you come back. Um, but what Odell and I try to do, as you can see, you are now in a wonderful and fulfilling second relationship and, and you're fulfilled with your life, which is really important for people to know. But what we try to do is expose that life, a life interruption can sometimes be traumatic or just that, an interruption in our lives, and it can be temporary. And so we will continue to discuss the impact of trauma that thing um, issues have on people's lives and how a moment in time can alter our planned journey. But we'll also discuss that there's a time when we need to just sit and move forward um, to say that we're not going to stay where we are, but we're going to continue to move and do something positive in our lives. So I thank you, thank you for being on our show. Yes. Um, and Odell, I know that you want to share a message as well to our viewers about your training course and how they can get your book. Yes. Well, the Interruptions book is is published and it is on Amazon, Interruptions, Disrupting the Silence. You can find it on Amazon. And like once a week, what I do is I post on Facebook, our Facebook and Instagram page that I am autographing books. And I'll be doing that again next week. So you can cash at me, sell me, uh, put money in the bank, however you need to get money <laughs> to you. And I'll autograph a book and send it to you. So I, I do that once a week. So the book is out. And next year, Kathy, I are, are launching the Interruptions workbook that goes along with it called Let's Talk. And Dr. Tandy, um, Dr. Um, oh, I should be shot. Um, oh. The, the other doctor from, I should be shot. <laughs> who, who Don't I say that. I know. No, the um, the one from he's from DC. He was the, on the show with us. The other doctor that you introduced us to. <laughs> Jonathan, Doctor Jonathan. Doctor Jonathan. Yes, I hope he doesn't see this show. Doctor, <laughs> Dr. Jonathan, um, he wrote in the first part of my book, he wrote a testimony in the book. Oh, that's great. Yes, that's he wrote wonderful. a testimony. Yes, so it, it, it was, it's, thank you for that introduction. So yes, yeah, so please remember to like our page, share our page and um, see us again. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. Dr. Tandy, thank you for joining us. And I can't wait to see you. Please let us know when you're in Connecticut. Visiting. I definitely will. You, thank so, you ladies for having me on your show. I had so much fun. I'm glad we finally got the technical glitches worked out. Yes, yes. thank you. Thank you.